Welcome to Rise and Thrive Conversations for Greatness, the podcast where personal growth, motivation and inspiration take centre stage. I'm your host, John Mercus, and today we're diving into part two of our interview with Nick Glover. Remember part one, the power of persistence, how he embraces challenges as opportunities, how he manifested his desires, and you know I'm really big on the seven second rule that he explained in part one. If you want to hear that, go back one episode. If you're keen to hear part two, dive in right now. That was pretty good. It's like those good old days. You look back on the good old days, but when you're in it, did you realize it was the good old days? It is, a, it is an amazing thing because if you think about where you are right now, there's all sorts of things you could pick up about it that are wrong, okay? I don't have enough money. I don't have a nice enough car. I don't live in a big enough house. I don't have this. I don't have that. There are so many things that you can pick holes in. But the difference between people who have that positive mindset and that positive attitude and actually move on in life in a positive way is the fact they think the opposite. They think about what they have right now. Like I'm sitting in my wardrobe. Because our house isn't the biggest house in the world. We have a house full of people. And this is important for me to do for you, John, because, you know, I, I love you to bits and, and I'm, I'm loving what you're doing. And I want to do this with you. And so I'm actually in my wardrobe. We, I'm surrounded by clothes in my wardrobe, okay? <laughs> do I have a massive mansion where I can just go to my study and, and, and put my laptop on and go, hello, John, nice to speak with you? No, I can't. Am I grateful for the fact I have a laptop and I have a view that people would die for? Absolutely, yeah. I am. Yeah. Yep, so yep. It's, it's all about balance. It's about living in the moment, being grateful for where you are, who you are, and why you're here, but still having the mental fortitude to think, to think about where you want to be in six months, 12 months, five years time, where do you want to be, and then action that. But don't lose from the fact that you're here right now and you're living where you are right now and just enjoy it. Like you say, just have some fun. Get out there. Do things you want to do. Life's too short. And one of my favorite sayings is, you're a long time dead. Mm. You're a long time dead. So if you're thinking, I want to go and play golf, go and play golf. If you're thinking, I want to go for a bike ride, go for a bike ride. If you want to go out to the movies, go out to the movies. If you want to ask that girl out that you saw two or three weeks ago or that guy out, Go and do it. Don't don't wait for things to happen to you because it won't. You've got to go out there and seize the day, take the initiative, make it happen. I love that, Nick. So inspiring and so great for the audience and me to hear to hear from you to do those things you've always wanted to do because life is precious. As you say, we're a long time dead. Absolutely. Sometimes I've said it in the fact that there was millions of years before we arrived. There's going to be millions of years after we arrive. What are we going to do with that little slice of time that we've got? Because it's kind of in the scheme of the universe. It is a bit insignificant. We make it so significant. So make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the universe, it's 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 something that if we think about it, and we have this thing in our brains where we don't think about death and we don't think about the fact that we're only here for a short time. There is actually a name for it way above my pay grade. But the thing is, if you think about life, we are a speck. Our, our, our entire life, if you live from zero to 100 years old, in the scheme of things, you are we are just a speck in the universe. So one of the things that, that I, I did, when I, when I did my podcast, I actually did a podcast about this, and the fact that the chances of us being born mm. are one in 362 billion, mm. right? Yeah. So the fact that you're even here, on Earth right now, today, listening to this podcast, is one in 362 billion. That's I, I'm not sure if that's the exact number, but it's a big number, yeah? No matter yeah. which way you look at it, it's a big number. So the fact that you're here 
is number just to me is is something to be grateful for the fact that we get the chance to see what's going on in the world see the advance in technology the fact that i'm in canada you're in australia we're having this wonderful conversation and it's seamless yeah it's seamless we can jump in our cars we can go to the the movies i can stream netflix on my tv with no cables <laughs> mobile phones that can you know more powerful than the space shuttle i mean come on people it's a great time to be alive. Being alive is great just in general, but uh, it's, it's a wonderful time to be around. It so is, and all great reminders, mate. So, so good. I can really see how you kind of step back and observe the, the things as well. So there's that kind of almost that third-party view that you take on to look at these things in such a light that motivates and inspires. And I'm just loving everything you're saying, mate. Absolutely loving it. So being self-absorbed, I'll be honest, when I was in my teenage years, I was self-absorbed. Absolutely. Mm. You know, my, my favorite saying was me. It wasn't us. It wasn't them. It was me. And, you know, and like my, my post the other day about how the fact that some of us are more honest than others. So nowadays, I'm very honest in the way, that, in the way I was. I was a very selfish, very Zionistic, very self-important person in my, in my teenage years. And I look back on the way I treated some people in my life and I'm ashamed and I have actually apologised to quite a few people over the years yeah, that I've bumped into and I've sort of said, hey, you know, when, when we were younger, I was pretty, pretty shitty to you and I'm sorry. And they look at me and go, get over yourself or it's no big deal. Or, you know what I mean? But, and they, 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 they sort of brush it off. But it's, it, it, it's still important for me to have that conversation with them because now I, I do live in this sort of third-party world where, you know, I think about me, I think about my life, but more importantly, I think about my effect on other people. There's a great saying, you know, if you're going to say something, just ask yourself a few questions. Is it the truth? Is it necessary? Is it important? And if you if you can't answer yes to those three questions, then 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 basically shut the fuck up. You know, it's uh, it's it's it really is that simple. And I I, I do I, I sort of try to ex extradite myself from my my being and look at the situation from a third party point of view and and you know know that i have an effect on people you know especially my family you know my partner my the kids that i live with my kids in australia my kid in the uk you know things that i do things that i say they have an effect they have a knock-on effect to people and if you're not thinking about what you're saying then you are you know then i am still that selfish person i was in my teenage years Wow, that is an amazing sense of responsibility that you have to have a mindset like that and oh, just the responsibility, the awareness, the greatness, mate. That is such a mindset and attitude of greatness. Well, there is a caveat, mate. Yeah, what's that? There is a caveat. And the caveat is that we all slip into previous behaviours, okay? Yep. So there is, there is never in my wildest dreams would I want any of your listeners or your viewers to think that Nick Love is perfect. Because Nick Lover ain't perfect they're, they're, mm. they're, by any stretch of anyone's imagination. These are things that I try to live by and, you know, for the majority of my life I do, but we all have slip-ups. We're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We all fuck up. And 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 I really am a, a guilty of that as well. So I, I don't want people thinking that this is a perfect science because it ain't. It's something that you do your very, very best to live by. And in, in most cases, yeah, you can. But there are times where you slip up, where you say the wrong thing, where you do the wrong thing, where you... You know, you mess up. We all do it. Yeah, well, and there's the authenticity, which is uh, also very inspiring, mate. And the the point of being human is to learn because if we were perfect 
and we never said the wrong thing or we always had the great thoughts and, and you know all the uh, rainbows and unicorns there's no opportunity in there to learn and grow absolutely and you 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 love you love your sayings you love your sayings one of my one of my favorite sayings is the best the best apology is changed behavior oh yeah hey now that that's a piece of gold right there let me tell you and i actually had that on my mobile phone for a long 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 time the best apology is changed behavior because you know, all too often we, we say something to someone or we do something to someone and, and what do we do? You know, as human beings, we just want to, you know, clear the air and say we're sorry. And uh, and sorry is like love and uh, and hero and all sorts of other words. It's overused. And, and, you know, in the instance that you say sorry, yes, you mean it. But then if you do the same shit again, were you really sorry? You know? Mm. And hey, we're all guilty of doing the same thing over and over again. Of course, I get that. But if you can actually see something that you're doing wrong and you can change that behavior, then that is the biggest and best apology you can give anybody. And that's growth. That's growth. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. And they, that old saying, actions speak louder than words. And Absolutely, you've yeah. just crystallized that beautifully, yeah, mate. Yeah. Crystallized that beautifully. Sometimes I've been guilty of being a little bit too direct like uh, we all can sometimes and i've and i've said sometimes i said this to my children i don't want words i want actions because <laughs> the words are easy right it's the actions and the behavior that's uh, that's a little bit harder because it uh, takes effort yeah yeah and there's all sorts of things that you can talk about where in fact in life everything is effort but one thing i've learned over my years of being on this wonderful wonderful planet is the fact that if you don't put the effort in you're not going to get the results out. And that's exactly the same with anything in life, anything we do. If you put the effort in, you put the learning in, you put the time in, like you and your karate or judo, whatever you did, yeah? I mean, yeah. You, you put the effort in, you put the extra effort in, you didn't go up one belt, you went up two belts because yeah. of you know your determination to learn more and, and, and be better and get where you want to be quicker. And you know you did, and that's what it's all about. You've got to put the effort in. Everything in life, relationships, it's all about effort. You know, look back on past relationships. Why did they fail? They failed because you took them for granted. You just thought, mm. this is easy. We'll just keep doing this. Nothing changes. Yep. What happens if nothing yep. changes? It stays the same. Boring shit. You've got to put the effort <laughs> in. You absolutely do, mate. You absolutely do. And I've asked myself the question sometimes, what extra can I do? So in that example with the karate, it was like most people will be doing this and going to training a couple of times a week and doing this. What extra can I can I do to make sure that, that I achieve that result? And that was a for me that was a great experience because it showed me when you do put in that effort that you're talking about, you will achieve you you will achieve a result that you might want. And the other thing as well, and Tony Robbins taught taught me this, and I know he's taught you a few things as well. If you take action, you'll always produce a result. And if it's yep. not the result that you uh, want, take different action and produce a different result. Yeah, it's a great saying, every action has a reaction. And you can you can put that to so many things. But the fact that if you, you know, every action, every action you has, will, uh, every action that you take will have a reaction in one way or another. So a reaction could lead to a positive or negative reaction, but it's going to be a reaction nonetheless. And that's the thing, the more, the more, the more that you, the more effort you put into something, the more likely you are to get a positive result. If you do something, if you do anything half-assed, you're going to get a half-assed result in a story. There, there is, there is nothing that I can think of, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be proved wrong, but there is nothing that I can think of that you can do half-assed and expect 
a lump of gold at the end of it. You either put mm. in a hundred percent or you, you get a you, you get a crappy result. I mean, it's it's simple as that. And it, that that really sounds even I'm I'm listening to that back in my head, and that sounds too simplistic. But it is true. It is true. If you don't put the effort in, don't expect the result because you ain't going to get it. Well, and simple's great, mate, because we often overcomplicate things. And if we just uh, bring it back down to something simple, it is easily replicated and 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 done so it doesn't seem like a massive huge effort so i'm a big arnold schwarzenegger fan and i mean that from the movie point of view but i mean that as a man point of view too i i have a lot of respect for the man and i recently saw him on uh some podcast that he was doing and he said uh, that in his life he's never had a plan b and the reason he doesn't have a plan b is because if he thinks about a plan b he's taking away the energy and effort from plan a right there you go. So, you know, it's a wonderful philosophy. Why would you have a plan B? If you do the work, you do the hard yards, you put in the effort, the plan mm. A is going to work. Mm. It's mm. it's going to mm. work. Like, you know, if you put all that effort and energy into it, it's going to happen. If you put 75% of your effort into plan A and 25% into plan B, what what do you what's going to happen, yeah? Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I like what you're saying there because it really, it can take you away a little bit because you think, well, if that doesn't work, I'll do this. And you're taking energy away from you're giving, that you're, working. You're giving yourself a safety net. Mm-hmm. You're giving yourself a safety net with the plan B. You're saying, if this doesn't work, it doesn't matter because I can do this which is why, well, why bother doing it in the first place? If you're not that fussed, if you're, if you're happy to do that instead of what you actually want to do, then don't do that, do this. And so, yeah, it's, it's a great saying, you know, don't put the energy into plan B, put everything 100% into plan A, make it happen. And if it doesn't happen, hey, think about another plan A. <laughs> Mate, I reckon we're so in sync right now because you're answering my questions before I'm asking them because my the question i was going to ask you was who inspires you and why and you just answered that one so thanks very much Arnold Schwarzenegger i I admire in many ways he um there there are many people that inspire me many many people but i'm very much into people like uh, Richard Branson I I love Richard Branson I love the way he does things I love the way he operates I love the way he treats his staff I love the Mm. way he self-promotes even though he's actually believe it or not an introvert but he pushes himself because he knows he has to so, yeah, people like Richard Branson in business, I, I, I have a lot of time for. You know, David Bowie was a big influence in my life. Kurt Cobain, you know, music has always been a big influence in my life. Eddie Vedder. So, you know, there's all sorts of people that influence me. But one of the biggest influences I can still remember from my very, very early days, one of the first books I ever read that I can remember was Bob Geldof's Life Story. And this was right after Band-Aid back in the mid-'80s. And uh, I remember reading that book and... And actually, a lot of similarities between my life and his at the time. There's an embarrassing story which you can cut out if you want to. It's about masturbation. Is that all right? Can we talk about that or not? Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's fleeting. Like, it's just a thing. Because he said that he would masturbate between 10 and 12 times a day. And at the time, I could relate to that. So it was a very relatable sort of book. And there were a lot of things in there, like some of the jobs he had and, and just the build-up and how he met Paulie Yates and how his life went and how, you know, Band-Aid came around. And you know, there's so many similarities between people. But, you know, if you want to think about greatness, Bob Geldof, for me, is, uh, is, is one of the greatest people on the face of the earth because if you want selfless, if you want a selfless human being, there he is. 
Like there he is, right there. I mean, he's taken on kids mm. from Paula's marriage with uh, Michael and and so on and so forth. So there's there's a selfless man. He didn't mm-hmm. sleep. I mean, I'm not sure if you know this. He didn't sleep properly for nearly nine months doing doing that gig. Like he was uh, he was a wreck after it, and he did that for for anybody but himself. Yeah, he made a massive difference and uh, and continues to make to make a massive difference. Yeah, you mentioned music there, and that's what brought us. Together in a way because yeah. we're playing playing music on the radio and I love how how music does that. Yeah, uh, you probably know I've got the uh, Spotify playlist called Merco Motivation, and I love to ask my guests: Is there a particular song or piece of music that motivates you that really gets you up and going? Have you got any of those you want to share with us? And I'll pop one on the list. Well, I do, and it's a song which uh, I can't remember the actual name of it right now. I knew you were going to ask me this, and I did have it written down, but it's downstairs. It's a placebo song. Placebo's a, a wonderful band, and uh, I'm, I'm sure your listeners and viewers would know it, but it's a song about not knowing exactly what's going to happen. And it talks about the animals not knowing that they're going to be meat and, you know, we need to try harder and all these sort of things. And it's a great song. It is quite a new song from them too. So I, I can see you looking it up right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can see that. It's, it's a very visual forum, this, mate. I can see you. You know that, yeah? <laughs> but I was going to do the same thing. I was, But I, I, I didn't want to do it. I think it's well, Try okay. Harder. I think it's called Try Harder from memory. Placebo, Try Harder. Try Better. There we go. Try Better. That's try the song. Better. Try Better all Next right. Time. Try better next time from Placebo. I love the I love the beat. I love the rhythm. I love his voice, and I love the lyrics. So one thing that really upsets my partner is the fact that music to her is about beat, rhythm. If you can dance to it, if you can run to it. For me, music is so much about lyrics. It's so much about what the artist is saying to me because artists speak to me personally. Yeah, the same way as they talk to you and they talk to your listeners and viewers. You know, one person that changed my life. And we speak about greatness. One person that changed my life was Kurt Cobain. Because Kurt Cobain told me as a young man that I didn't have to follow the rules. I didn't have to follow the trends. I didn't have to be liked by everybody. And one of my favorite sayings of his is they laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at them because they're all the same. And I love that. You know, I love the fact that I wear silly pants on the golf course. I wear silly pants to work. I wear, you know, loud shirts and t-shirts and, and stuff like that and I do that because I don't give a shit I don't give a I don't give a shit what people think if people want to judge me and laugh at me that's on them I I, I understand it and I, I respect their opinion it's no problem but I don't care I just don't care I want to live my life the way I want to live my life and if you don't like it well that's your that's your prerogative but it's not going to change the way I do things and it, he changed my life. Kurt Cobain changed the life of, 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 of kids my age. Mate, that is so powerful. That is so powerful what you've said there. And knowing the fact that we're human beings and we uh, are going to judge the things that we see and hear, and that is not going to influence you on how you want to live your life. That is super powerful to, to have that awareness. You're such an aware human being. But it comes with age too. 
It comes. I was with age thinking too. that too. Yeah, you know, yeah, it does. It comes with age because you get to a certain point where, yeah, you sort of think, yeah, you can be different, but you're still hesitant. Yeah, you're still thinking about things, and then you get to a point. You get to an age in life, and for me, it was early forties, sort of forty three, forty four, playing golf with my buddies, and they're all in their blue pants and their white shirts and their white belts and their white shoes. And I thought to myself, no, you know, we're out on the golf course. Let's have some fun. And so I actually, um, I've got a pair here. Actually, I've got a pair here in my in my wardrobe. I can show you. Would you like to? see them this is yeah. not the loudest pair i have but it's pretty close like these these are sort of the the things i wear on the golf course and these are the sort of things i wear to work nowadays very very similar <laughs> sort of the played yeah I, I wear that and uh my partner loves it she sort of goes yeah you look great and you know people at work go i work in a bank yeah so yeah it's it's a, it's a bit out there but yeah i i, I just I, I came to the conclusion that people are going to judge you no matter mm. what you do so you might as well enjoy what you're doing. Love that philosophy. And also love how you put that into your professional work as well. So like you say, you're working at, at a bank at the moment, but you are also giving them your personality. And I would imagine that allows you to bring your best self to work because you're not feeling suppressed or, oh, I better not do that, I better not do that. I'm going to bring who I am to work, but the the who you are is amazing. They're very lucky to have you because imagine you're influencing all the people around you with your kind of philosophies and the way that you are. At your in your working environment, are there some things that you do say to? You, you talked earlier about influencing the how you are influences the people around you. So I imagine you're doing that in that professional banking environment, which you know traditionally speaking you could say stuffy, but I know it's not anymore, and, and things have moved on, and they're big on big on culture now but it's a it's it's a it's a big corporate arena that you're working in yeah how do you how do you influence others in that arena so i work for a uh, the biggest bank in canada and we've just gotten bigger we've just uh, taken over another bank here in in canada so we are growing exponentially and and it is the culture that we have is is one that i i i i remember from my time in Australia. So I worked for the National Australia Bank in Australia and I loved the company. I loved them to pieces. They were a fantastic place to work. And where I work now with RBC, exactly the same. It's a very, very people-orientated culture. They care about their staff. They care about their clients. They care about their reputation. And, and you know, it, it is a wonderful place to go every single day. Whistler is a beautiful place, mate. It is, it is magical. It is magical. To go up there every single day is, is beautiful, and I'm so grateful to do that every day. To work in that environment with my manager, uh, with our assistant branch manager, with the staff that I work with, it is, it is like going on a small vacation every day, seven and a half, eight hours a day. Everyone's on board. Everyone's got the same philosophy. Everyone's got the same mindset. We all want to do the best thing for our clients and for our business, for, our, for the person that we work for, the entity that we work for. From my point of view... What I try and do is I try and be me. I try and be real. I don't, you know, uh, we spoke about it before. I swear too much. Yeah, I do say the F word too much. I say it around people I possibly shouldn't. And that's on me. Sometimes I don't think. And even for someone who tries to think existentially, sometimes you don't. Because it's just part of my vernacular. It's just part of who I am, part of what I do. And people accept that. Okay, that's cool. But what I do is I, I sometimes just burst into song. If there's no clients in the branch, I'll just suddenly start singing silly songs. I'll tell silly jokes. I tell some terrible jokes. On my radio show every 9 to 10 hour, I do dad jokes for a whole hour. People cringe. <laughs> 
people cringe. <laughs> and then on the Monday and Tuesday, I tell the same jokes to my friends at work and they yeah. cringe too, you know, but that's who I am. That's, it's, it's all about having a laugh, having fun, enjoying where you are, what you're doing. But when the client comes in, professional, yeah, you, 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 the client yeah. comes first, you do what you've got to do. But it is, it is, uh, it's just me being me and, and, and people seem to like it, you know. I haven't been sacked yet, yeah. so that's a good thing. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. And I do work with an amazing group of people. They really are, both from the, the bank side and the radio side. I'm so lucky uh, to work with such amazing people. In fact, I'm inspired every day by, by some of the younger people who, you know, could take a sickie from work and go and ski on the mountain, right? But they don't. They come to work, they do a day's work, they wait for the weekend. I respect that. I think that's, that's, that's amazing. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's empowering for me to see the commitment that they make to the, to the bank, to their manager, and to their clients. So that inspires me too. I'm inspired every day by everyone that I work with in, in one way or another, a small way, big way, doesn't matter. Inspiration doesn't have to be bang, yeah? It can be anything. I love how self-expressed you are and, and how you think, and uh, I can imagine that you've drawn those people uh, around you because of that, because of that. And I think you've touched on this a little bit during our chat today, but I want to ask you specifically, because it is a conversation for greatness, and, and this certainly is, but how do you define, define greatness? I knew that was coming, and I feel very unprepared for the question. And the, re- the reason I say that is because I, I have thought about it in the car up and down from Whistler for the past three or four days. And greatness to me is not necessarily what the majority of people think of greatness. So greatness to me could be a three-year-old kicking the winning goal at a Auskick tournament, yeah, five-year-old, whatever. To me, that's greatness. Uh, greatness to me is somebody who's had a terrible, terrible situation in their life that they've overcome and they've become a success to me that's that's greatness greatness there are so many different degrees of greatness that you can't put your finger on what it is but i suppose for me greatness is achievement in whatever form that 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 comes in it's about actually putting your mind to something and making it happen and if you can do that then that to me is a sign of greatness it's a it's a sign that you've put in the effort You've done the hard yards. You've made it happen, and and that's greatness to me. I mean, I, I can give you some really good examples of what greatness thinks it is, but isn't. And I don't want to get political because it's obviously not that forum. But people will look at Donald Trump and they will think he's great, and they think he's great because he's told you he's great. And my philosophy is: if you have to tell someone that you're smart, if you're rich, if you're clever, if you're great. If you've got to tell people that stuff, it's not true. People see it. People know it. People feel it. If you've got to tell someone that you're a rich man, you're not a rich man. If you have to tell people you're a clever man, you're not a clever man. If you tell people you're great, you ain't great. So I know what it's not, and I I have a, a small philosophy as to what it is. It may not make a lot of sense to people, and I'm sorry for that. But greatness to me is incremental. I, I think it, the, the, there's no one thing which stands out as great. Lots of things can be great, mate. Days can be great. Attitudes can be great. A glass of wine can be great. A view can be great. You know what I mean? Like there are mm-hmm. so many things that greatness can be. But from a personal point of view, I, I, I personally don't think anything I've done is great. You know, does that be, is that because I'm humble or? No, it's because I think there are greater things to come. You know, I, I always strive for, for, for better and I always strive for different 
and and I'm always striving for that next big thing. Because as human beings, like you and I, the one thing that I would say all of us have in common, all the people you've interviewed, uh, yourself, Alex, uh, my partner, all, a lot of the people I, I, I have in my life, one thing that I, I think we all have in common is that we can never be content. We're, we're happy with where we are. We appreciate where we are, but we always want something, you know, something the next thing, something bigger, something better, not necessarily more expensive or, or, or earning more money, whatever, but just that next thing. We're always searching for the next thing in life. And, and to me, that's what makes us great. Is that is that searching that curiosity for the next thing? Yeah, that's right. We always want to learn and grow. So I love yeah. I love how you, how you've said that. I like to ask my guests: Is there a question that you wish that I'd asked you? Uh, no, no. I was dreading all the questions. To be honest, with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I, I really was because. You know, I, I, I'm so badly prepared for this, mate, I promise you. I, I've been thinking about it for days, for, for yeah. what, 10 days since you asked me to do it, and I, I've made notes and, and I've left them all downstairs because I thought, you know what, if you start reading from shit, it's going to sound shit. So just be you, be real, be genuine. If it comes across as crap, well, that's 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 what it is. But the questions, I, I, I knew the questions were going to come, and I, I – yeah, they all they all got me, and, 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 and I'm glad you asked them, and I knew they were coming – but no, there's nothing really that I that I'd like you to ask me because again, the okay. the, the, the answer would be shit. I'm sure, but no, it's not. It's not. And well, mate, you have given us so much gold in terms of mindset, thinking, what works for you, the authenticity of that not being perfect, how you have apologize to people if you've thought that you have not treated them well and being responsible that that word comes back to mind as well the responsibility you take for how the impact that you have on other people that is so inspiration it just makes me think and i know what you'd say oh we're human and i'm not always like that you know i get that but imagine if the human race was like that and went okay i'm going to be 100 responsible the impact that i that i have on others what a amazing world even more amazing world that, that, it, that it would be. Yeah. I think you've reminded us of so many great things. Nick, for me, it's been inspirational, so great to reconnect. I'm sure our audience and our Rise and Thrivers have got so much gold from this. I want to thank you for being on the show and thank you for being so great. Nick Glover, you're awesome. Thank you, John. So are you. Thanks for joining us on Rise and Thrive, Conversations for Greatness with John Merkus. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and you do matter. Embrace the journey of personal growth and motivation. Let's go out there and do something great. Follow or subscribe for more insights and inspiration every Tuesday. Until next time, stay awesome.